0: Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. Today is week number six of the Deep Change series. I hope that you've gotten something out of this content. Uh, We begin each year with a new theme. Uh, And let me say, I I feel like what God spoke to me for 2024 is I'm just very, very excited about it. Um, This year, we began talking about breakthrough. And I've already alluded to this in another message. But when we began the series, it felt like all hell started breaking loose in people's lives. There were cancer diagnoses, There was financial problems and surgery complications and sicknesses and anxiety and worries and things that were just not not like it, it wasn't normal type stuff. The list was like never ending And then that led us into our current series of deep change. And once again, we face things on a deep level. The amount of people who have reached out to us or who have experienced life-altering events during this series has been astounding. The kind of events that shake you to your core. And in some instances, we're watching and it it appears as though the house is crashing down, which is exactly how we began the series, talking about being on a firm foundation. Deep change begins by addressing foundational issues. And if you find yourself in a situation right now where all seems lost, where it feels like the structure of your life has completely crashed, you are in the perfect place for deep change. Because now you can correct the foundation so that it's capable of sustaining the weight of the new structure that God wants to build on your life. And it feels like these series have had a definite prophetic tone in that we began them and then just people started just whatever we were preaching about people started going through it and so we decided for the month of August we're going to start a new series called who wants to be a millionaire and, <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> all jokes aside I know this has been some heavy material uh, as some of you have taken it to heart you've begun to look deep below the surface I don't know, some of you have used the opportunity to catch a good power nap during Sunday service. But no matter where you fall on that spectrum, there will always be moments to go deep. There will always be situations that that reveal areas in our lives that have not been completely healed. And sometimes they come out of nowhere. And my encouragement to us is this, do not ignore those emotions. Because when everything is going fine... And then all of a sudden we find ourselves being short with our spouse or abrasive with our kids or angry with everyone who's following the speed limit. <laughs> or we have sharp words for drive through workers, servers and cashiers. Or maybe out of nowhere, a, a wave of sadness crashes over our minds and we find ourselves slipping into a pattern of depression and feeling unworthy of anything good. Or the news of all, and all the crises and things that are going on in our world, it triggers a pattern of anxiety. Listen, don't ignore those emotions. Because when these things begin to surface, it's similar to a check engine light on your car. What do you do when the check engine light comes on in your car? Some of you just keep driving. <laughs> that's usually what I do because I was like, just pretend it's not there to go away. <laughs> Today's cars, modern cars, are so equipped with so many sensors and alerts. and You actually have to be intentional about ignoring the warning lights. But the point is when the light comes on, that's the time to take action. On Wednesday of this week, uh, the battery died in our car. There was no warning light. I don't know. Was, nothing came on. It just wouldn't start. So we had to jump it off to get started. And Bennett came inside and he says, well, I guess it's time to get a new car. <laughs> <laughs> I wish every time we had a dead battery, you could just get a new car. It was that simple. <clears throat> Unfortunately, that's not how this works. If you want, you can ignore the warning light. And oftentimes, at first, you won't even notice a difference in the way the car runs or performs. But eventually, if we continue to ignore the warning light, it will lead to major damage. Our change the oil light has been on now for a week or so. No big deal. But if I never change the oil, if I never check the oil, eventually my motor is going to stop working. So when we find ourselves slipping into patterns of old behavior and old ways of thinking, and we find ourselves easily triggered, consider that a warning light, that it's time to get maintenance. Don't wait until the engine of your life explodes. Look, I'm not a mechanic, and I know that even if you take great care of your vehicle, sometimes crazy things still go wrong, but that's not typically how it works in our lives. Typically, we don't wreck our lives all at once. Our lives become a wreck one decision at a time, a little bit at a time, one ignored emotion at a time, one inappropriate glance at someone who's not our spouse at a time, one fill-in-the-blank at a time. In his book, The Power to Change, I'd highly recommend getting the book by Craig Groeschel. He says this, quote, Have you noticed how people can summarize years of bad decisions with only one sentence? Someone will shake their head sadly and say, Yeah, he fell into sin, or she cheated on her husband, or he died of a heart attack at 58, or she got fired from her dream job. We talk like the person had one catastrophically bad day or made one disastrous decision. But people don't ruin their lives by taking one big tragic step. No, it's never just one. We wreck our lives by consistently ignoring the check engine light. And when we're easily irritable for long periods of time, when we're experiencing outbursts of anger or sadness, when your body is always tense, When you're always thinking negatively about yourself or about others, these are indicators that something deeper is going on. Our emotions can be God's way of letting us know that there's something going on under the hood that needs to be addressed. Let's look at some of the most famous words that Jesus ever spoke found in the book of John. John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He's the true vine. The father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me. He says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. When the check engine light of our lives comes on, it's really an indicator that I'm not as connected to the vine as I need to be. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. And part of the problem is, is we try to do deep change on our own. Yes, we have a part to play. we discussed that in detail. We need to go back and address things from our past, etc. But we cannot experience and we certainly cannot maintain deep change without staying connected to Jesus, without staying connected to the vine. When I'm doing things on my own or my own way, I have stopped being the branch and I'm trying to be the vine. I'm trying to live out my life out of my own strength and wisdom. I'm trying to bear fruit because of my, through my own efforts and desires. And instead of connecting with Jesus and finding what I need in him, I'm trying to find it in myself. And maybe that works for a short period of time. But inevitably it will fail. And when it does, you can rest assured that all of those emotions and warning signals and lights and alarms will begin to go off again and we're right back at the beginning of the cycle. We will either ignore the check engine light and continue to do things our own way or eventually, and eventually the engine of our lives will blow up or we can submit ourselves completely to Jesus in His way. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. The more disconnected we are from Jesus, the more dependent we become on ourselves. And the more we depend on ourselves, the more we fail. There's another popular passage of scripture found in the book of Luke that depicts this tension between doing things our way and connecting to Jesus. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so... I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid from now on, you will fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. This is such a crazy story. Jesus had already begun to perform miracles. We read about some of those in Luke chapter 4. He's already healing the sick, casting out demons, etc., and word is spreading about him. And so in chapter 5, people are crowding around him at the edge of the lake. And he just gets into a boat. It doesn't say he asked permission. He just gets in. And then he asks Peter, hey, can you push me off just a little bit from the water? And I'm sure that part of the reason for that was just the acoustics. Because sound travels easily on water. And so the water served as a natural amplification for the voice of Jesus. Which leads us to verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, have you ever been asked to do something that you didn't really want to do? Maybe you've had a really busy day and you finally find a moment to sit down. And I know I've used this example before, but we have two little kids. And in our house, it's usually related to the bathroom. It never fails. As soon as you sit down to rest for a minute, maybe you hit that sweet spot for the coveted couch nap. And then the sound rises from down the hall. I pooped. I pooped. (laughs) And you're like, okay, I'm up. I was only kidding. I'm not going to take a nap. Bennett takes care of himself. Right. He's going into first grade. Emmett is a work in progress. He's going into pre-K. But Emmett is a mama's boy. He loves his mom. So whenever I walk in to take care of a bathroom situation, he usually says, I want mommy. And I'm like, fine with me. (laughs) (laughs) He wants you. I need you. (laughs) Or maybe after a long day of working outside in the heat, you come inside, you get all the nightly chores done, and, and the routine's finished. You take a shower, and you sit down, and then it hits you. Tomorrow is trash day. Anybody ever... And now you're back up, rounding up the trash, taking the cans to the end of the road. Now look, maybe I'm a little weird, but I take a shower every single night before I go to bed. If I've already had a shower or two earlier in the day, and you're like, why would you take three showers a day? I've taken as many as four showers in a day. Like you wake up, you take a shower for the day, and then you go get a haircut or something, you got to rinse that off, and then you go run for your once a month run, and then... <laughs> You know, now you gotta take it. that's your third shower. And then I can't go to sleep at night unless I take a shower. But once I take my shower for the night, I don't go back outside. So in the summer, forgetting to take out the trash, forgetting to take it to the road, it not only disrupts my relaxation time, it might entail taking another shower. Because there's so much humidity outside, you can literally break a sweat just walking to the mailbox, let alone taking two giant trash bins to the road. Or maybe after a long day, you swing by Publix and you get what you need. Right. You're almost home. It's been a long day at work and the phone rings and you need one more thing. (laughs) You don't want to go back to the store. You're tired. You're grumpy. The check engine light of your life is flashing, (laughs) but you do it anyway. Now, the text doesn't specifically explicitly say this, but based on what we learn later about Peter's personality, As we read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I think it's safe to assume that he was probably annoyed by the question of Jesus. He and his partners had just finished an all-nighter. They're all night on the water, and they caught nothing. Now they're back on the shore. They've just cleaned their nets. Some dude gets in the the boat, pushes off. They don't even have great relationship yet. They do know each other because Jesus had just healed Peter's mother-in-law the chapter before And then you find him in verse four, put out into the deep, let down the nets for a catch. The Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. I mean, we read right through this, but I'm confident there was a lot of emotion happening in this moment. Probably some frustration, probably some annoyance, maybe some, look, I'm a professional fisherman. This is what I do. I don't tell you how to teach. You don't tell me how to fish. And contextually, this predates the I am the vine, you are the branches talk by a few years. But isn't this a beautiful depiction of exactly that metaphor? When we do things our way, when we do things without being connected to Jesus, our results will be just as unsuccessful. And Peter's response lets Jesus know that he's tried. But it just isn't working. And I wonder how many of us have felt or are feeling that way here today. We've tried. We've given it all of our effort. We've fished all night, so to speak, and caught nothing. I've experienced no results. I've gone back to my past and my childhood to deal with my family of origin story. I've tried to forgive my mom. I've tried to forgive my dad. I've tried to forgive my spouse. I've tried to forgive that person who wounded me deeply. I've tried to be a better parent. I've tried to be more intentional about communicating my expectations to my spouse. I've tried to control my temper. I've tried to work at responding instead of reacting. I've tried to, again, fill in the blank. But if I'm honest with myself, I have to admit that my way isn't working. And trying to experience and maintain deep change without connection to Jesus is impossible. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. And then Peter said, "Because you say so, I will let down the nets." And this is a moment of just total surrender. Right? It's an acknowledgment that his way is it working? And when they let down the nets, the catch was so great that they had to call for help. There were so many fish that, the, that both boats began to sink. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. I mean, this isn't very deep. But, but what was different this time? Right? They were in the same lake. They were using the same nets. They were in the same boat. They might have even gone out to the same spot. Even the instructions that Jesus gave were to do the same thing that you had been doing before. Go out, put your nets back out. What was different? Yeah, this time Jesus was in the boat. Peter has a front row seat to discovering that it's not about his expertise. It's not about his fishing equipment. It's not about his effort. It's about his connection to Jesus. And the same is true for you and the same is true for me. If our connection to Jesus, it's our connection to Jesus that will lead us to deep change. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. Now we've talked about a lot of different topics in this series. We've talked about childhood trauma and wounds. We've talked about dealing with our families of origin and unspoken commandments that have been handed down for generations. We've talked about renewing our minds and all of that is very important. But I think the way we began and the way we're ending are the two most important concepts. We began by talking about building our foundation on Jesus and we're ending by talking about our connection to Jesus. It all starts and it all ends with Jesus. Back to John 15. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. Let's recap what we talked about today. We don't wreck our lives by one big catastrophic decision Our lives become wrecked by a series of decisions when we ignore the check engine light for an extended period of time. Our emotions are often like that check engine light. Take notice of your emotions. They are an invitation from God to return to the vine. They are often an indicator that something has gotten out of alignment. They let us know that we are becoming disconnected from Jesus. Don't ignore them. Don't press them down and pretend you don't have them. Don't walk around with a I'm fine attitude. And I want to encourage you, stop beating yourself up when your emotions get the best of you. Paul said, be angry and sin not. Unfortunately, when I'm angry, it's usually accompanied by sin. If that's the case for you, or whatever emotion you might be dealing with, ask for forgiveness Deal with the sin aspect of your emotions getting the best of you. But instead of beating yourself up over it, I want to encourage you to flip the script. Moving forward, view those moments as an invitation from God to return to the vine. Even if it's all day, you lose your temper 20 times. That's God saying, hey, come back, come back to the vine. It's him inviting us back to connect to Jesus, Instead of, I can't believe I lost my temper again. Instead of, I can't believe I fell into that anxiety trap again. Instead of, I can't believe I let my insecurities get the best of me again. Remind yourself that the emotion is the check engine light and God is inviting you to bring your life in for some maintenance that's already been paid for by Jesus. Reconnect to the vine. Finally, in verse 8 of Luke 5, Peter responded to Jesus. He said, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. There in the boat, surrounded by fish flopping all over the place, boats are sinking Not only is a miracle taking place, but there's a realization that on his own, he can do nothing. But if he will connect to Jesus, he can bear much fruit. It's in that moment that he repented. Some of us in the room today need to repent for doing things our own way. Jesus is inviting you to return to the vine. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. I think that a lot of us, including myself in a lot of times, have taken our relationship with Jesus for granted. We punch our ticket to heaven in that I've prayed a prayer, I've done whatever, I'm on my way to heaven, whatever, but I take my relationship with Him for granted. I forget that without staying connected to Him, I cannot do anything. We're out here like Peter in the boat, fishing, doing our own thing. And maybe we're very good at it. There's an element of expertise. Even a little while ago when I, just out of a habit, I, I uttered out this little encouraging statement to do whatever it was I said. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that out of just routine. Right? I've been leading worship for 25 years. I can get up here and do that. I can lead songs and I can, and people can even connect to God. And while I'm not connected to God through expertise, I don't want that and I don't want that for you. It doesn't matter how good you are at doing something. We've got to connect to Jesus. And the moment that we disconnect from Him is the moment that our lives just go into a tailspin. We have to stay connected to the vine. Yes, deal with our past. Yes, look back at those unspoken commandments that we talked about several weeks ago that have been passed down through generations. Yes, deal with all of the things. Go to counseling. Do therapy. Whatever it is that you need to do to process and get your soul, your mind, will, and emotions get that in alignment with God. But don't disconnect from the vine no matter what you do. No matter how hard it is. No matter how much you think you're going to make it. we got to connect to Jesus. Don't take our relationship with Jesus for granted. When was the last moment that we fell on our knees and said, God, I'm sorry for doing it my way. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for all of the things that I've allowed in my life. I want to do it your way. I want to connect to you. God is saying, come home. You're disconnected from the vine. Connect again. And then you can experience and maintain deep change return to the vine because apart from him we can do nothing we started this series talking about the foundation of jesus over the last six eight weeks again things have really in people's lives become very disrupted That's the moment to go back to the foundation and make sure that your foundation is sure and it's strong. And this is the moment to correct course. Connect to Jesus. And whatever happens in between, I'm good because I got Jesus in the beginning, I got Jesus on the end, and the rest, I'm just walking it out, but I'm not letting go of him. And there are moments probably you feel like, and I felt this way, you're you're just being pulled apart. Just don't let go. I'd rather my life be ripped completely apart while I'm holding on to Jesus than to let go and be like, fine, I'm just gonna. Don't let go of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. On behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.